Coming up in this episode of the KitCast, bioengineering comes to your desk. You can grow your own nightlight, a pen that can change its tones, and Lenny will keep you from having spoiled leftovers. So sit back and relax. It's time for the KitCast. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the KitCast, the podcast where we go out and find crowdfunding projects and let you know if you should backtrack or sack them. I am one half of the show, KT Data, and joining me in a secret, undisclosed lair, the one and only Drew Tyler. Nobody knows where I am. <laughs> I'm in a big office building on a conference table in the middle of the night because I'm working on a secret project that I might tell you about later. But hey, I'm glad yeah. to be here. What's up? <laughs> I'm so glad you are here um, on there. So if you this is the first time watching the show that's not live. Welcome, and uh, for the people watching live, I apologize for not hitting record for the first 10 minutes of the show. It was a dry run. <laughs> they got a good a good idea of what we're up to. On there. Um, all right, so before we jump into our projects right now, let's go into some news. And this first part is for all you project creators out there. Um, Indiegogo um, decided to data mine 100,000 of their crowdfunding campaigns, and they came up with seven key crowdfunding stats on there. So I figured, let's go through them. Some of these you have heard from us before. Some of these you have not. Some um, of these they probably got from us and just verified with data. Yeah. They're like, KitKat yeah. says this all the time, but I'm going to check the data. Yeah, I mean, because we inspired them to start their own podcast. Do you know that? Right. Um, I'm sure we, I'm sure we. <laughs> So for the first one on there, 30, 30.5% of campaigns last between... 30 days and 39 days on there. So those are the most successful ones on there. It kind of makes sense to only go for a month. And I tell people this, when you launch a Kickstarter project, you have just picked up another job. So if you're already working two jobs, welcome to the three-job world. Yeah, (laughs) if you're doing it right, for sure, yes. So longer is not always better. 30 days is plenty. Yeah, and I I tell people, you know, don't plan on sleeping those 30 days. (laughs) So um, number two which kind of links back to this 30 to 39 days is successful campaigns have at least four project updates on that. So that kind of makes sense. It's about once per week. If That's you what I like. Uh, like. I like to receive once a week. If I get too many more than that, it's kind of like, leave me alone, guys. I got you. You're yeah. part of that. And if it's less than that, it's like... You're like, uh, I just well, gave you my money. Did I right. make a bad decision? Once a week is solid. On there. So that's that's kind of another good one. And our third project right there, um, or item, is that on average, campaigns raise 42% in the first three days of the campaign and in the final three days of the campaign, which is kind of a crazy stat. That's really interesting. Um, (laughs) Three days at the beginning, three days at the end, uh, six days out of the entire 30-day run. But that means like nearly half of what you are gathering comes from your... Your quick drive at the beginning and your final push at the end. That we've talked about that having traction at the beginning, but I like those numbers. Yeah, and so it kind of, you know, you hear about the bathtub. So there's the numbers that actually support the bathtub, and it kind of gives you an idea on how to kind of plan things. You know, you may want to have a really, really big campaign push near the end um, or at the beginning, and you know, if you have a marketing budget, which this show does not know. We don't know what that is. is. Um, You can plan accordingly for that, too. (laughs) Um, This next one is a little kind of, I think, a little more kind of extreme, depending on what projects you have or not. But on average, successful campaigns tend to add 12 additional perks after they've launched. That seems like a lot. (laughs) Um, And I I, I think this one's kind of go with your gut feeling 
on there on your project. So if you're only like trying to raise a grand or something, you may not want to add 12 perks, but you, what you may want to do is limit your, um, your limited items. So save half for later and just launch with half at the beginning on there. So that actually, you know, may make sense or, you know, have, just have a couple, one or two perks. I mean, sometimes I think people have a lot of perks and it kind of goes crazy. Right. I was going to say with that average, maybe what they found was like a project that had 50 or 60 perks. That just, that's strange <laughs> yeah. to me. That's honestly strange. Um, on there. And num- number five, good life tip in general. Drew and I, we've worked on really good teams. I mean, this show itself is a team itself. We but, are a team. Yeah. But teams tend to raise three times as much as just a single dude. Grab a team. So, Grab a team. Don't play with the single dudes. Grab a team. Yeah, and That's life advice. I mean, I mean, even parenting works better with a team, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> Parent with a team. Raise your funds together as a team. Build things together as a team. Yeah. Um, the next one is actually Old Hat. You've heard us say this many, many times. Have a video on your crowdfunding project. It is very important to have a video. Does it say like like stats of how much it changes yes, and how much it you raise, you t- They tend to raise four times as much as the ones that don't have videos. Hello, you want a video. <laughs> a picture alone will not quite do justice for yep. what you're trying to explain, especially when you have such a great strong medium to, to pitch your message for you. Yep. Video. And especially in kind of this global age for our last tip is – Keep in mind that you can you reach globally now. The internet just doesn't, doesn't stop the shores of your country's border. Well, except China, um, but, but everywhere else, it just but keeps everywhere else it keeps going on there. Um, so you know these are the top five contributing countries um, on, on Indiegogo. Number one is United States, which makes sense. Makes They're sense. Ba- based there. Number two is Canada, America's hat on there. Number three is the United <laughs> Kingdom. <laughs> Number four is Australia. I hear their toilets flow opposite. And That's not America's hat. And number five is Germany. Notice that four out of the five, and well, technically, I know people in Germany that speak English. All these countries speak English as their first or sometimes secondary language on there. So th- that yeah. may be something to keep in mind because, like I said I before, I've seen projects in other languages that kind of look cool, but I don't know a lick of what they're saying, so I can't really feature it on the show. Uh, that, yeah, well, <laughs> there's a picture, folks. We're not sure what they're selling, what the project is, but, but if you looks cool. back it now, it looks good. <laughs> On there, so those are kind of seven tips that you may want to keep in mind if you're making a crowdfunding project. And you know, and some I, of those are old hats. Some of those we tell you all the yeah. time. But yeah, yeah, think about it before and, you dive in. And we have the numbers to prove it. We're just not pulling this out of our butts. I right, promise. this is straight up backed with science. Science on there. Science. <laughs> so, kind of speaking of science, you know what scientists love? Lasers. Data. Lasers. Lasers. They love lasers. Lasers. <laughs> lasers. Yeah. And you, you know what else? So, lasers have always kind of been that almost sci-fi kind of weapon where it could, you can cut through things, and technically you That's... can with the right amount of laser with the right laser on there. So, um, how about a razor that actually uses lasers? The laser razor. I bet a lot of people have seen this in their Facebook timelines because yeah. it was sponsored. It was pushed on a lot of different platforms as the laser razor. I honestly, when I saw it, I thought Sky Mall because I was like, <laughs> "This is too nuts." You know, Sky Mall's not around anymore. <gasps> I do. I know it's sad, but I thought this is too nuts. This is out. This is like out in left field, and it's not. I I couldn't believe it. So I was surprised to see this in the news the way it was. Yeah. So. The Razor Laser actually launched on Kickstarter, and within three weeks, they had $4 million. But just, Hello. just the other day, Kickstarter decided to pull it after interviewing with them, and they felt like the uh, – because they, they didn't have a working prototype, so they canceled it 
on there. And so according to CNET, they, this is what they put down. We encourage creators to bring early stage and ambitious ideas to Kickstarter as those often are the ideas or as those are often the ideas that are the most in need of support. But we require that from the beginning, backers are given a realistic sense of where the project stands in the development process. So the problem with these guys are they didn't have a working prototype and they had a crude device that sort of kind of worked. But if you watch the video that's linked with it, it barely could cut one arm hair. Mm, Whereas this the idea of the laser razor is that I should be able to shave my face with the laser. Yep. Nice and smooth. I worry about that. Like <laughs> I have a hard time shaving with like one of those protective blades on the front, you know, that's like a fat laser. This scares me. <laughs> so they didn't have anything that actually worked. Yeah, and then so what they did is they went on Indiegogo and they're raising their money again. Oh, okay. So what I, I, I'm disappointed, but at the same time, yeah, it, did, it seems there. like a really cool idea because I mean, lasers. Come on, lasers. <laughs> lasers. On lasers their, on my face. I don't know about this. But I, I'd probably actually say this is a little warning to anybody who's actually looking to back this on there because they they claim that it works, but they need a rigidly mounted fiber that they only can make through mass production, and that kind of sounds a little fishy to me. Rigidly mounted fiber. Yeah. I don't know what that is. Like yeah. sugar cane? Like, I don't know what that is. It, it's supposedly just like, uh, it's almost like a string that doesn't bend on there, but it's like. Uh, but that's what they need in order to get this to work. Yeah. That's strange. And part of me is like, why didn't you just pay the extra money for the prototype? Prototypes are supposed to cost, you know, what, tons you of money. put skin in the game, right? Yeah. So. <laughs> on there. So that's why I'm a little iffy on that one. I wonder, uh, so the Indiegogo, is it pretty much the same campaign, or was it like, uh, hey, help us get a prototype? I mean, I, I think it's actually pretty much about the same, and let me check how far they are. Right also, now, they are at $190,000. As other questions, how many, I wonder if they're going to um, take a lot of their stuff over, or if people that had back would look at it and go, oh, if Kickstarter just pulled the plug, maybe this isn't the time. So yeah, I, I mean, I, 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 I would stay weary a little bit about this. Um, because they, I mean, they, and they were quick to put up their Indiegogo campaign too. So, well, I'm sure they didn't want to lose people, but that's yeah, wow, yeah, um, on there. So that's 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 one thing to kind of keep in mind on there. And then, of course, our last story of the night is um, this is kind of oops, this is kind of like more of those uh, non-news type things um, in the news world where I'm bringing this up, but the guy really didn't say anything. Uh, but, <laughs> I don't, but I I don't know video games. Um, but <laughs> right. But so this one is Square Enix may use crowdfunding to localize games in the future. So if if for those of you guys who don't know, Square Enix are the guys who make Final Fantasy, a lot Final of those Fantasy. JRPGs yeah, yeah. and stuff. And in Japan, they actually publish a lot of games, and a lot of them are RPGs and things. And what happens is they're successful games in the sense that they sell but they don't sell enough for them to warrant bringing them over to the u.s i know uh, I, I know a lot of people who who will buy the japanese version of the game either they know japanese or they're relying on like online guides to play the uh, game and stuff um, okay okay which i think that would be fun honestly yeah. i think it'd be fun to play some of those that don't get over here yeah so in an interview to game informer square enix europe ceo phil rogers he said when, when they asked him about crowdfunding to localize games, he's like, I think it's a really interesting idea. But he didn't confirm that they're going to do it or anything hmm. <laughs> hmm. on there. But he said it's a possibility. So it's really not news. But do you think it would be cool to see a, a lot of these smaller Japanese games kind of almost used as market yeah. testing? Yeah, exactly. Market testing. See if they can get, get enough funding to make it um, 
USable and localized, right? And get get a something built out of that specifically for for Google. I'm okay with that. I think yeah, that's a good idea. Because I I could see you backing any project done by the creative lunar. Um, yes, yes, the solar stars. <laughs> like, I take would take my money. Yep. yep. <laughs> on that. All right. So that's all the news that we have on there. So. Let's get into the projects that we have tonight. We got some good ones today, and, some great um, ones, and I can't wait to get to the sack of the week because I think that's a fantastic yes. one. Um, so this first one is it's near and dear to my heart. If you guys don't know, I actually, you know, I have a background in science. I have a it's degree a in medical laboratory science. So working this guy is in a, a medical lab and a there. geek. Yeah. <laughs> on there. So our first project is called Amino, and this is cool. It is a desktop bioengineering station. So you can grow your own cells. You know, you know how awesome this is. I mean, because like to culture my own cells, I have to have like you know, first I got to have a hood and everything. Then you know, you have your incubator where you're putting things on, and depending on what you're doing, you got to analyze it on your spectrometer or throwing it under your microscope and stuff. And there's like tons of like large pieces of lab equipment to culture but, your own <laughs> bacteria they're cells. This like a desktop, like growing like take care of your own living cells yes so <laughs> it is a bioengineering set set and they designed it to be easy to use so anybody can do it and you can see it's kind of self-contained and everything on there oh yeah it's beautiful um and i i, I love it because you you can uh, depend you know because it's a living it's i wouldn't say breathing because some of them don't breathe but, but, don't get but, all technical but these are these, these are living organisms and so you you can control how much nutrients they get you know the temperature and everything and kind of just keep them alive i i love how they mention it is they're like uh it's kind of like a tamagotchi except you're growing a living thing <laughs> so the, you know this is almost this is almost like a dog having your own dog except in a test tube <laughs> <laughs> test tube doggies <laughs> test tube doggies that's fantastic this reminds me of, of things i had when i was growing up that were um electronic kits that would have like they call them like 50-in-1 projects. Like, that was the name yeah. of the kit. The 50-in-1, the 300-in-1. This is what it looks like, but it's like, instead of, oh, like, building up my own... bioengineering, and it's, it's amazing. Ah, it's so great. So, you know, it, and it, what's nuts. great about it is they've designed it to have real-time sensors and stuff in it. So it has its own pH um, detectors, optical density, and temperature on there. All that data is actually captured in real-time. And you don't have to have, like, what's stupid about medical equipment is everything has its own screen. So you literally could have, like, five different screens next to you just to read your, the stupid results because one brand doesn't work with the other brand and all that kind of crap. Yes, yes, like, I, I think it's annoying. This, you can just log into a browser, and then all your data is presented there for you, and you can c- kind of keep up with it. Okay, but I got to ask. I got to ask. I, I, I get this, that you can, like, make it, grow it, and have your own little components, but what happens at the end? Like, is this like, am I making yogurt? Like, what, well, what am I doing? What do I get at the end of this? So, or is there no end? So this is what's great about it. What they're starting out with is a um, a bioengineering nightlight kit. So you can engineer your own glowing nightlight. The bacteria at night glow. Oh. on there. So, oh. so you're making your own glow light. And they actually have plans on making different other kits in the future. Oh. So right, right now, this one kind of glows. But they, they have other things like... You could make your own yeast. You can make your own yogurt. <laughs> I don't need it. Yogurt, I can make yogurt. Okay. Um, you know, some of these kind of change colors, so you can make a different color palette, or you can make your own perfume. If I could, like, custom out, like, a sourdough, like, you know, starter, 
and build a sourdough starter to yeah. then it's oh wow yeah so flavored up so own. so what's great about this is that the nightlight kit is kind of their starter thing and mm-hmm. they've partnered up with a company called uh symbiota which is a dna programming company where they program their own dna and stuff where you can actually create your own kind of dna possibilities so you could probably make a sourdough type bacteria wow. and like grow it yourself and then put it in that is a okay. This was a this is amazing that somebody has thought that they're going to be able to you know bring this out and share it with the world. Another question here: They're looking at raising twelve thousand five hundred. That seems like that is to kind of get slight. their initial batch of twelve. I think <laughs> on there. So they have a let's see what was it? Their timeline was to do a small batch in the winter, which is about twenty five units, and then a small oh. batch of fifty to one hundred. Mm-hmm. After that, and then in the winter of next year, that's when they do the large scale and manufacturing mm-hmm. on there. So um, that that's uh, why it seems a little low because they want to get it. And these aren't just like guys out of anywhere. They actually this was this idea was developed out of MIT Media Labs. So uh, they're kind of smart people at that MIT. Yeah, they know they know their <laughs> stuff. This is blowing me away. This is seriously a strange and wild like idea that you could. I, I love it. You know, because you have to control how much they get, how many nutrients they get, how how much you want to feed them. It's, oh, it's it's so cool and like I'd love, so I, I, I would love to have this but imagine having one of these in your school's biology lab or their chemistry labs think about it your kids could go to school and grow their own yeast bring it home mom can bake a you know bread or something that night Thanks think how your, cool that is it's like eating your tamagotchi it's a fantastic <laughs> idea great bring it home and let's cook it up why not okay, that's a fantastic project amen to that yeah, so I, for I mean, me it's a, it's Here's the deal. I'm going to call it a track because I don't have the coin to put in to call this one a back. Because <laughs> it starts high for. I mean, this is a very big kit. Yeah. So it's a track for me. I'm going to watch this one go. For for me, it is a back because science, man, science, science. growing stuff. I mean, I I just barely watched um the the Martian on there, and mm-hmm. you know, excuse my French, but I love the line where he says, "I got to science the shit out of this." So. <laughs> science i mean i I love it i love this whole idea and i mean my background's along this so i just i just see the genius in this in so many ways do they have an exclusive kit i just Uh, want to know is there one that's exclusive that that would be bad that would be bad uh like 9.99 you could get a kit with your (laughs) name carved on it i'll let them know that's how they get you they have a oh they have a aluminum edition oh or or a mahogany one there we go. Oh man, but oh, this is so cool. Um, I think it's funny though. There's a disclaimer saying like all. So all the bacteria you use are actually BioSafety One, if I mean, if I remember that right. So that's actually um, cleared for home use. In some countries in Europe, you may have to check with your local regu- like regulatory or don't, agency. Or don't. Just do it. It's not you're... like they're gonna haul you away. <laughs> yeah, because you're. Uh, yeah, you know genetically engineering things <laughs> right right I mean, stuffing wrong with us I mean, where in the world do we live in a, in the world where we say we can genetically engineer things in our house right. i'm, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm times are I'm, changing. I'm just saying so that was the amino and on to our next project on there our next so, project speaking next of things that you can change amazingly changeable this one's a really cool project that was sent in to us by julia binman she's part of the creative team um, and usually we look at things that are, that are sent into us and, and decide whether they make the cut. This one stayed at the top of my mind for the last week as I, as I went through looking at other projects. 
Um, she wrote us a really nice email, by the way. It just says, you guys are awesome. I love the From the Spare Room set that I have, but I'm not there tonight. I mean, I <laughs> secret undisclosed place. And then she says, whatever happened to KT's dog on his mic? It wasn't there last show. Oh, it's, so, still, uh, it's still here. It's, is it's it still, still there? Yeah. So what, what happened is when I switched to the standing desk, I, the, where the arm moves, um, you can't so then see the, the mic, dog now. The, mic is, the, yeah, the dog's the dog still is there. there. Just in the back, so Julie's, Julie's still there. Um, so... Something else that she shared about her project, I'll tell you what it is in just a minute, but she was saying that they shot everything on a shoestring budget. It was really painful to edit through iMovie, and when I read that, I just cringed. I was like, oh, but they did it. And then she mentioned that some of the music that they found was from a talent that they found on Fiverr.com. And that, that was, they'd used it before for voiceovers, but this time they did their own. But she just said, you know what? You might want to share that with other creators to let them know it's kind of an affordable way to get custom music for your piece by using Fiverr.com. So uh, that's, that's, that's pretty cool. Here's the project. Are you ready? Project is called Chameleon Pins. It's one pin that blends multiple color tones. It's uh, kind of a, a, an artist set. So if you think about like your Crayola markers, this is like the next iteration and then some. The uh, Chameleon Pin is able to draw like multiple tones of the same color over time. And so if you look at that video there, you can see that they start out with kind of a lighter shade. And then as they keep coloring down in their lines, it gets down to a darker, darker, darker blue. This interesting part about this uh, chameleon pin idea is that they've come up with um, a pin top that has – they call it the mixing nib. But there's a – they touch tips, right? So you have the tip of your marker and then you have a um, – lid that goes on that touches that that has like a, a colorless toner that di- dilutes the nib of the marker so as you touch them together that it soaks up some toner and then you can start to draw and that gives you the lighter shades until that toner runs out and then it goes back into going into you know a medium or a, or a full color of whatever color that you're using just the tips but it's just amazing the way that they <laughs> work this out it's a two-sided pin that has a brush nib on one side and a bullet nib on one side, so you actually have some control of, of you know what your uh, style of art is. But the mixing nib in the middle, I think, honestly, I think this is a, a kind of a fun and brilliant way to try something new with with markers. Something has been around forever, and here's a new art style that you can t- use this colorless toner to dilute things and then color like several shades with one with one marker. This blows me away. I think oh, this is fantastic. I, I mean. Um, that- I love it because you you see artists they have just have like stacks of pens right, like seven blues yeah. and ten yellows yeah yeah and I'm, I'm looking at some of the art that they've managed man that's crazy and it is like because you can see like in this pic in in this video that I'm not playing right now um, there's kind of different shades of that blue that's going across this girl's hair and stuff and they did that with that one one pen they're not like switching out or anything just wow crazy good. So they went and, and between the uh, the video at the top and they have a lot of different content down, other videos and demonstrations all the way down through the project. I think it's just a really well-built project. Um, they've got fantastic uh, perks all the way through. All the reward levels uh, are all the things that we talk about. You know, this is a perfect, perfect spacing of the levels. Uh, I, I don't know. I just really love I'm, – and I'm not even an artist. So I'm like a pretend artist. But I would love to experiment with these and play with them because I think this is kind of a, a new step and a new idea in and how to get those multiple colors and multiple shades. So I, make this I, 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 I just found the the one I want is this one right here because I, I I just barely heard of this, but I didn't know grown up coloring books were like a thing now. On there, this is like this is 
This is my jam right here because I can't wow. with crap, but I can color. <laughs> we should co- grown up color books. That's a fantastic <laughs> like, idea. Is, I, I wonder if there's a level where I can get a grown up coloring book with it. Yeah, I do. do I'm, it. I'm looking. I'm looking. <laughs> An exclusive color book for KT. That's a great idea. <laughs> yeah. I know. I love this. I think this is totally back for me because it's it's one of those things. It's like. We've all had markers. We all have markers. Artists have markers, but here's kind of a new iteration of, of something new to try to uh, solve a problem. And even if you only use this on a couple of projects, um, it's it's a unique style that you could probably really own if, if you were to get into this. So that is the chameleon pen. I, I mean, I love this idea and stuff. Ooh, look, look at this. I mean, I don't think I'd ever use as much ink, but look at that. They got like giant refills and stuff and like... Wow. Part, of, part of me is like, this is awesome. And then I realize I can't draw a stick figure with crap. Yeah, you there, shouldn't but, be getting that many yourself, but... but, but yeah. I mean, it's like... like ooh. ooh, look at that! <laughs> One, I mean, oh, man. I have a, I feel, I have a feeling I'm going to be buying a set. But <laughs> yeah, I am too. I really think these are fantastic, and I'll, I'll play with it. I will get one of those big kid books just so I can... Just, just so like color, color things. Me. I mean, yeah. That's what, that's, that's what we should do, is like... Set up a play date, and then we're just coloring, and your kids just walk in like, "What are you guys doing?" <laughs> Katie and I are just coloring. Just what's kind of what's wrong doing. with that? <laughs> yeah, this one's a back for me too. I love this idea. Um, and as a person who doesn't doesn't have a lot of space, I appreciate it. And I just love like the simplicity of this and how it just all works. You know, it's not like you don't have to really change your workflow that much because I, I know how right. important it is to artists to have a consistent workflow so i, I love it <laughs> Agreed. yeah yeah i love it this is a good one on that so that is the chameleon pen all right so for our last project tonight and it was voted by you guys thank you thank there. you people so, so all of you guys actually voted for that the last item um so you you have kids right drew and I well, actually i know you cook a lot too on there so you, do. Do, do you tend to have a lot of leftovers Yes, I do. <laughs> do you ever run into the situation where you open the fridge and way in the back is that one Tupperware of like spaghetti that you mm-hmm. had made a month ago and it's gone mm-hmm. bad? Yes. Oh, nice. Yes, indeed. So this our last project of the night is actually something to solve that. It is called Leftover Lenny. And this is actually a pretty ingenious thing. So um and I spelled it wrong in a lower third, but it's leftover. Well, otherwise, it's leftover. Leftover Lenny. Lenny. So what it is is a food storage reminder system. So it's this little kind of puck thing on there, and it has a photo sensor on it, so it detects when your light on in your um, fridge turns on, oh. and then it will play a message that you've previously recorded onto it, and let Wait. you know. So you could be like Spaghetti Tuesday um, on there. So you're like, oh, I got the spaghetti on Tuesday. I probably should eat that before it goes bad on there it's so, a little it's a, just a memo yeah it's like a voice memo on there and what's what's great about it he's made it simple there's only one button on this whole thing oh well, actually he's going to add another an on off switch to say battery life but all you do is you press the button record what you want and then it plays back what you have on there and then you can put it in your fridge and what he does is he actually has velcro on the back of the leftover Lenny and the other piece of Velcro is on kind of the, um, kind of on your Tupperware. Oh, on there. Okay. So you just stick it directly on the Tupperware. And then when you open up your fridge, it's like leftover spaghetti. You don't even have to look for it. You just follow the voice and you, your own voice. And just listen to it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a strange little idea. 
but, that is that is wild. But it totally makes sense to do it this way because I, I know people are like, why don't you just leave a sticky note on 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 the front of the fridge? I'll be honest, I I have stuff on the front of my fridge. I never look at it. It's, it's decoration. <laughs> it's, it's purely it's purely and, decoration. And especially when you have kids, Drew, don't you want to put their like beautiful drawings and their A pluses yes, on the fridge? Anyways, they, the fridge. you don't got room to put a sticky note for your leftovers on there oh and i wouldn't remember anyway but it's, it's deep the stuff hiding in the back so i do need some sort of like reminder that's yeah my own voice calling from the back and i would do things like hey don't forget the stroganoff back here <laughs> yeah. i'm just on my own stroganoff see i mean i mean it's great so you know you know how long it's been and honestly i'd probably use this as april fool's day prank <laughs> just just like record <sighs> <laughs> so, so somebody opens it. and then have your kids open it or something freak them out on there. Oh, that's oh. funny I, that's... I think it's a great idea the only one thing i might recommend is make sure your fridge has a light in it <laughs> this won't work without it. right that's yeah mm-hmm. uh but other than that he already has a cad project set up you know he's 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 used his own prototype and he said ever since he's made this prototype he has uh you know never gotten spoiled food on there oh. and it's and then if you watch this video he mentions like there's a crazy amount of statistics that a lot of the food waste in the u.s is from spoiled food out there so um i i mean i i, I love this idea um and it's not that pricey too it's like 20 bucks <laughs> uh, so, I, it's a unique way to kind of put together this idea of like Hey, a light sensor will trigger this, and this will play back for you know what was recorded. That's kind of a unique way to put that. If this, then that kind of thing together. I like it a lot. I mean, I, it's a simple idea on there, um, and he's going to actually put a, lock, a switch on there so you can actually lock it, so you don't accidentally re-record what you had on there. Ah, so you can lock so, it, okay. so you can keep it on there. Um, and I, I think it's, it's just one of those things that just seems like a simple solution, and you know, you won't have spoiled food after a while, which is always great. That is good. On there, that's very good. I, ooh, I just thought of another idea. I could stick like "Keep your hands off my ice cream" or something. <laughs> of my kids would be like, I'm sure I just recorded them and said, "We just ate dinner for Pete's sake." <laughs> <laughs> Why are you digging in the fridge? We already ate. Yeah, every time it would be accurate. It would totally work. Yeah, so this one is definitely a uh, back for me. <laughs> on there, um, I, I I don't know. What about you? Uh, I, I love the idea. I love the look. I think it's a, a fun little idea. My, my, I don't know. I guess, I guess I feel like maybe I should be able to come up with something on my own that's similar to this. But the fact that he's got the light activation, that's kind of big to me. Yeah, I'm in, it's, it's a great idea. So that is the leftover Lenny. And maybe that'll keep people from, you know, having spoiled food on there. All right. So... Now it is time for the sack of the week. I'm so excited for the sack um, of the week. This is do, awesome. do you want to introduce this? I, it, is, it is amazing. It is amazing. <laughs> There's so many amazing. In fact, one of our sacks of the week, I just want to point this out. One of our sacks of the week that I backed, I backed a sack of the week. And just this last week, it got, it wasn't flagged by Kickstarter. It was just suspended. It was like, <laughs> you guys don't have enough information. It's not legit. And they shut it down. And I was like, oh, man. These guys were making a food truck, and I gave them ten bucks to help them out. But we didn't even know. You barely could tell it was a food truck. <laughs> we had no idea it was a food truck. I was just helping them out. Anyway, that one got suspended. So this sack of the week is fantastic, except for um, I don't even know. Like it's a the picture. They have a picture that is like 
I don't know what this is. It's like a a, a three a three pixel picture. It's so blown out and ugly. I've, uh, yeah, look at this. The Water Castle Plus. Not just a Water Castle, but Water Castle Plus. <laughs> this project is going to keep your kids cool in hot weather because there's a pool in the bottom of the castle and it plays music. Yeah. So, yeah. Now, and I'm not saying that's a not that's a bad idea. I think it's a great idea having a castle with music and and water in the bottom, like a pool. That my kids would love to play in a castle that had water and music. However, however, uh, this project just comes up a little bit short in the information realm. Um, There's two sentences of that. Yeah. There's always a, I, I, like yeah. The one sentence is my invention I created for kids to stay cool in summer heat. Yes, that is correct. Risk and challenge. Well, there's always a risk, but I'm happy to accept your donation. Make sure my backers get a Water Castle Plus for their help. And that's a capital T on there with the wrong there. And it's just, there's more. I can keep going. Do you want to talk about the rewards? And uh, yeah, I don't understand this because he puts down as his rewards as DVD and it's all gone. Like, <laughs> is he going to send me a Goonies DVD or a blank DVD? Just blank DVDs. Um, One backer's already got it. <laughs> Sorry, nobody else gets DVDs. Rewards are out, but please, Water Castles for everyone. <sighs> Sadly, this one only has 36 hours to go, so if you really think about getting your Water Castle Plus. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's looking for $30,000. So come up with $30,000 in the next 36 hours. So. Um, yeah, so, I mean, let's see. No video. I barely can see the picture on there. Um, I think there's a castle there. It might be a fish now. I can't even really tell yeah, and I love how it's on like a piece of uh, notebook paper that he ripped out too, because you can see the ripped out. Just... <laughs> <laughs> this is this is a qual this is a quality sack. This is like yes. textbook perfect. Sack. If you want to know not what to do in a project, check out the Water Castle Plus. Yeah, <laughs> unless it gets suspended in the next hour. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Drew. That actually brings us to the end of the show, which is always sad because I don't know where the time always goes. <sighs> And tonight we did it twice, so it uh, felt like it was yeah. double. But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, quick reminder, it's two days from the Kickstarter Film Festival, so Drew's actually yes. spending a lot of time in Salt Lake this week. Yeah, uh, about that. I'm hoping I can make it down uh, again. <laughs> but they're, they're, remember, they're doing a showing at 7 o'clock. Yep. This is at is it the this, Tower of Broadway. Which one is it? It is at the Broadway. Broadway. So they're doing a 7 o'clock show, and also yeah. doing a 9 o'clock show with some different shows. And so yep. I'm hoping to get down for the 9 o'clock if all goes well. Yep. well. So hopefully, if you guys are in Utah and you see this, come say hi. We love yes. meeting people who listen to the show. Yes. And I'll, I'll ask you why in the world do you come watch? And it's probably going to be like, we love seeing Drew's beautiful face. That's it, yeah. <laughs> why did you come down? Well, we want to see Drew. That's good. I, like, I come <laughs> on there. All right. Um, so if you guys have any suggestions for Sacks of the Weeks, projects, or even news... Just shoot us an email, kickcast at ktdata.net. Like like I said, one of our projects was emailed to us Yep. Um, on there. Or you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash kickcast, or on the tweeters, at kickcast for the show, at night 20 for that beautiful man. You may figure out a little bit more of his undisclosed location in the future if you pay attention to that. Ooh. I, maybe I'll pitch a little bit now. You can you can certainly follow me at night 20. And uh, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. I was working on a film, uh, a short a feature of, well, it's not short, a full feature film. Tonight we are hiding in the uh, the headquarters of said feature film, working on the trailer. We've got a two-minute trailer that we've been working on, and my job is to color correct it, make it pretty. But they edited it in Premiere, and then I had to take that full project out into Final Cut. So I was just spending an filthy, hour. Like, filthy Premiere. I know, I know. And then I just found <laughs> out that the, the two-minute trailer – 
actually had a timeline that was a minute, no, an hour and a half long. So all of the raw clips had been dumped down onto the timeline. And so when I did the dub over, that's why it took 45 minutes probably, is because I brought over an hour and a half timeline instead of <laughs> two minute timeline. Let that be a lesson to you. Don't trust your Zoom level. Anyway, that's- I'm excited about it. I'm excited to show everybody. But if you, if you love, if you love feature films and you love uh, comic books, then um, stay tuned because we'll tell you more about that yeah. as, it, as it comes around. And hopefully Steve will not come to his senses and cut my scene that I make a cameo in out. Yes, yes, that's right. <laughs> uh, but really, this will, it, there's a good chance that at some point this will also hit crowdfunding so that we'll, we'll be looking some money to finish it up uh, at the very last stages. So look for it. Yeah, point Steve to the seven tips. Yes, <laughs> yes, I just the tips. Yep. And if you guys want to actually see those seven Kickstarter tips and stuff, head on over to kitcast.net for our show notes, links to all our projects. Hey, if you want to back $29,000 for the Watercastle Plus, you've got a little bit of time. You got some time, go. but just head on over to kitcast.net and look in the show notes. <laughs> we'll be there. Um, and of course, we always love everybody who watches live. Thank you, everybody in the chat room right now. Our next episode will be October 20th, 2015. Halloween's coming too. Oh, so coming. Woo. On there, and we'll give you a report of the Kickstarter Film Festival and all that good stuff on there. Um, Drew, you got anything else to plug? That's it for me. You always catch me on the Little Big Cast, which is a weekly show we do live on Twitch at 7.30 Pacific time um, in, uh, in in the Twitch Little Big Cast. But other than that, uh, that's, that's it. That's my life. I'm grading papers. <laughs> all right, guys. We'll see you in two weeks. Bye-bye. Good night. Bye-bye.